Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This meeting is being recorded. If you want the Ron Lund Club, yeah. unapologetic from the job, yeah. and no politics in this club, just dirt from the streets and the creeks in the mall. Best podcast for the Seahawks, number one sports talk, yeah, we got it on live. Every episode, 12 hot takes, and we repping for Seattle, my place. It's the Take 12 Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. He is Seahawks legend, Lofa Tatupu, and I am lifelong Seahawks fan, Brett Davern. We are joined on this episode by our special guest, Mike Gill, who hosts the Believe in Eagles podcast as part of the Believe NFL Sports Travaganza Network, and he's uh, sitting there in Philly. Oh, have we got some shit to talk, Mike? (laughs) You guys. I'm ready, man. The show is brought to you by Wiener Schnitzel. You guys know that. Two locations in Western Washington, one in Everett, one in Fife. Go on in, see Dom and the crew. Let them know the Take 12 podcast sent you and get a free hot dog with any other purchase in there. Uh, pro tip if you mention our hockey podcast, you also get a free ice cream cone. No, talk about the other so, shows on the show. Lot, I mean, you could, it's like kind of a full meal deal if you mention both podcasts at any Western Washington Wiener Schnitzel location. They got their $3 meal deals. Do something different for lunch today. Go on in, get a, get a burger, a hot dog, a corn dog. Corn dogs. Oh, when's the last time you had a hot corn dog right out of the fryer? Ooh delicious and i got the polish sandwich and of course you can put the chili sauce on things and and tasty freeze with all the desserts the root beer floats katie how can i move on fast when i'm talking about this kind of food it's uh, come on i'm I'm trying to make mike uh, salivate over there i'm trying to paint a picture katie do they got cheesesteaks over there maybe we should add that to the list right you got a philly pretzel for me a cheesesteak what do you got well uh (laughs) You got whatever you need at Wiener Schnitzel, everybody. Let them know Take 12 sent you guys. Uh, the game is going to be on Monday, so we get mm-hmm. to relax a little bit this weekend and just you know watch all the other games uh, that stress us out about our parlays and fantasy teams and whatever. And we get to relax until Monday when the Eagles come to Seattle and take on the Seahawks. And, Mike, we were talking before we fired it up here um, – the, the, it's been a long time since the Eagles beat the Seahawks, hasn't it? Seneca Wallace, 2008. It's the last time the Eagles oh. won a game against the Seattle Seahawks. They have lost seven straight times to the Seahawks. That includes 17-9 to in the playoffs. So, yes, this game has never uh, been a fun one uh, for the Eagles. And, and this is the kind of season where they've just gone through this gauntlet schedule and everybody kind of is like, all right, you kind of like get the Seahawks here. Well, no one really envisioned losing two straight games in the manner that they have. Uh-huh. And now this Seahawks game has really heightened uh, well, and, for the Eagles. And they get a Seahawks team that Lofa played the Niners tough. And and to our listeners, just quick note, we had some technical stuff, some sound stuff. It happens every once in a while. Our last episode, we heard from a lot of you. We know. So thank you for being here on this one. But Lofa, like we kind of talked about, which it's gotten lost on the internet, but um, we we played the Niners tough, man. They, we we hung tough. There's no moral victories, but you know we're we're, we're playing good, and I, I'm feeling good about this Eagles game somewhat. I like that it's in Seattle. Yeah, just signs of life, you know. And 
Mike, I mean, I think you you could speak to this because we we faced the same two teams that you just faced. And, um, you know, like you said, no moral victories, but we did. We were in the games. And I just kind of want to know from your perspective, you know, what went wrong for the Eagles? How how are they not in either of those games? Yeah, what is going on with this Eagles team right now? Yeah, well, I think uh, a lot's happening right now. Uh, One thing, and Lofa, you might be able to relate to this a little bit. The Eagles have played Seattle, excuse me, San Francisco and Dallas. Both had 10 days of rest. They both had played Thursday, and the Eagles played them. And the Eagles were in the stretch of four games in 20 days. They played Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas. Those are four of the best teams in the league, and they played them consecutively. It's like how often can you keep getting up? And they kept getting down in these games and having to come back. They were like the comeback kids, Mm -hmm. and they kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And I think they just hit a stretch of the season where they're kind of emotionally drained against the two best teams on the schedule, so it made it look bad. They fumbled three times against San Francisco. Both t- two of the times were in, you know, going into the red zone. Um, but their defense has been a mess. Uh, their defense has been a disaster. So if you're a Seahawks fan, you're thinking, "Wow, Lockett, Metcalf, how, how are you defending these guys?" The Eagles have had all sorts of problems, and one problem: they are known for getting pressure. They had over seventy sacks last year. Their pressure win rate is 29th in the league right now. They are oh, not wow. getting the same pressure uh, that they got a year ago. And you couple that with the secondary is slipping a little bit. I think Bradbury's taking a step back. Slay's played pretty well. The safety spot, Blankenship has got hurt. He's been in and out of the lineup. They brought over Kevin Byard, so he's still learning. The linebackers, Nicobe Dean got hurt. He's out. Nick Morrow. Uh, is in. They brought him off the street. They got Zach Cunningham off the street. They brought Shaq Leonard off the street. They got a lot of guys who are just kind of getting thrown into the big. Bradley Roby, they brought him off the street. He's playing slot corner now. So there's a lot of terminology with guys who are saying, I don't even know your name, man. So I think there's a lot of communication errors in that secondary, and they're not getting the same pass rush. So their defense is a problem, but offensively, we're all kind of scratching our heads. Once again, Mike Gill joining us, uh, host of the Believe in Eagles podcast on the Believe Network, but also Mike Gill's show there in Philly on ESPN. It looks like 97.3 behind you there, FM. So check him out. Um, Lofa, who's going to play quarterback for us, and how do we attack this defense? Because we want them to stick with the run, but the carry numbers are always down because sometimes the production's not there. So how do we attack their defense? And who's going to be quarterback, we think? Yeah, well, I think, you know, if you can run the ball, which is what Pete's always said he wants to do, then, you know, I think, you know, we have the opportunity if you can. Now, I, their pressure win rate might not be up, but they still have like two deep of one of the best D lines out there. And that just makes it a long day. And then especially if Shaq Leonard, I mean, if he's ready to go now, he just got there a week ago, but, you know, he's been in playing shape. He played for the Colts, you know, Oh, like half of the season. So, um, and that's a turnover machine right there. Like he just generates turnovers, which I've always said, any struggling team can turn things around with some turnovers. Um, but yeah, and if we, it, it's going to come down to, I don't know if Gino's healthy. I, I think they're going to probably give Locke the majority of the reps because, you know, Gino should know this system, you know, inside and out by now. And so it's not big if he misses you know, some days of practice um, to get healthy. And Drew's going to need the reps uh, if he is going to play anyway. So how does it, um, how does, how does the offense change based on who's playing quarterback though? 
Uh, I don't think we really do. I, I didn't see a whole lot of different plays that were, you know, in the game plan against San Fran. Um, we, we kind of, you know, ran the same runs that we, we usually run. Um, we did see a variation. We, we, we saw a toss. We did use the linemen differently last game in the run game. And, like, um, Mike, you, you'll be familiar with this. You guys have one of the best offensive lines at working to the second level, just getting straight up to the linebackers, Kelsey destroying guys, um, even just creating space for the running back to, to just make one guy miss. And we have the running backs that can make people miss. But we actually, for two runs, both the Charbonnet's big runs – and then I didn't really see much of it the rest of the game. But, I mean, we, we, we knocked out like 45, 50 yards on two runs um, by using that scheme. One was a little toss, and then the other was like the, the, the draw or the, the power. They just went straight up to the second level. And when you do that, it just creates problems. Like, even if you're not getting successful at getting the block, if you make the guy run around you and like swim move out of position – all it takes is like that split second and then, you know, a running back like K9 or Charbonnet can, can hit the crease. Well, and uh, careful, all you Swifty fans. Uh, Lofa's talking about the other Kelsey. And, and, and don't get confused because there is a Swift on the Eagles and there's a Kelsey and a Swift and all of that. But it, that's, that's the Eagles, not the Chiefs coming to play the Seahawks this weekend. So don't get it twisted, everybody. Um, what about, hey, Lofa, how about a couple of rookies, right? Because a lot of Seahawks fans wanted to see the guy from Georgia coming the Seahawks way. Instead, they go Weatherspoon, of course, and we've seen what Spoon has done this year uh, for us and everything. But what about watching uh, these two guys go against, well, not against each other, but you know what I mean. Yeah, watching the rookies play. I mean, two highly, you know, talented players that were, you know, top picks of their position. Yeah, yeah Mike, everybody wanted um, Carter over here. And I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't. It was a position of need, and, and we still do need it. Um, yeah, we got some free agent signings and just recently acquired uh, Leonard Williams, but we're still not, you know, winning in the trenches. And, you know, that that's the thing that scares me the most, especially against this Eagles offensive line. Um, but so far, as you're only comparing like 11 games of work, this kid's spoon is something special. And um, hopefully he's healthy. He got like a neck injury last week going for an interception. Like if he didn't hit his neck – he actually makes that interception, which gives him like two or three on the year. He's always in position, big hits, everything you want to see. I've, I've, he reminds me of Rondé Barber. And so take a look because we play him outside on the island. We play him inside, you know, uh, in the nickel package. He is special, comes up and fills in the run game. Um, but I'm interested to see your take and what you – how do you feel Carter's been so far uh, this year for you guys? Carter's been great. Um, there has been some talk that him and Jordan Davis, who played a little bit last year, um, he had an ankle injury, so he didn't play as much towards the end. There was some talk whether he was in shape. Both of those guys have played a lot. Some have wondered whether they're hitting a little bit. I know Davis isn't a rookie, but he didn't play a lot. Late. Like if they're both kind of hitting that wall a little bit, mm. we're at 15 of the year. Uh, and stopping the run has been the Eagles' strength for most of the year. Weeks 1 through 10, they only gave up three rushing touchdowns and only 66 yards a game. And now over the last four weeks, they've allowed 156 yards a game and five rushing touchdowns. So they are starting to wear out a little bit. Those two guys are getting a lot of snaps. Fletcher Cox missed a game. Now he's back. But you're asking Carter – and Davis to play a lot of snaps that they didn't play in the previous years. Remember, these Georgia guys up front, they're blowing teams out, so they don't play a lot in college, and that's been a big narrative about them. But when Jalen Carter has played, he has been great. Um, 
last year, I mean, essentially he replaced uh, Javon Hargrave, who's in San Francisco yeah. now. Hargrave probably a little bit better at getting to the quarterback. Carter better against the run, and he gets to the quarterback not quite as as much. So he has been an adequate replacement. I say adequate. He's been a very good replacement. He has been very good, and he's going to be a handful, as you guys are right. I'll tell you what, Witherspoon would be a guy that Philadelphia could use, a big physical corner. They've got big problems tackling in the secondary. I mean, Slay has been criticized by you know former players about not having much desire to, to tackle, and Slay's kind of snapped back kind of uh, at those claims. Bradbury was very good last year. He has not been nearly as good in coverage this year. Um, and then Maddox went out at, at corner at nickel, and they have had like six different guys play that. Roby, they brought in off the street. He's kind of the guy there now, but they're playing. I mean, they've tried everything. Sidney Brown, a safety, a rookie. They played him at corner one, at slot corner one game. They played Eli Ricks, an undrafted guy. We're starting to see some Kaylee Ringo, uh, a Georgia rookie. He got playing time last week. And just earlier today, Sean Desai, I think was yeah. in Seattle, right? Yeah, I was just going. Yeah, go he for it. He said that um, both Ringo and Nolan Smith, who was another first-round pick who has barely played at all, that those two guys are starting to earn more playing time. Because I think they're starting to see, we just got to do something to shake this defense up a little bit. Mm-mm. Uh-oh, Lofa, I'm getting nervous. It's yeah, well, I was <laughs> – it's that time of the week, and the more Mike talks, I'm getting nervous. I, again, I'm, I'm excited because the game is in Seattle. We didn't, you know, you guys didn't have to go on the road and, and fly on this one, you Seahawks fans. And speaking of flight and fly, Eagles fly, which we hope they don't on Monday, of course. But if Eagles fans wanted to come to Seattle, hopefully they flew on Delta Airlines, right, Producer Katie? Heck yeah. You want to tell us about Delta Airlines? And the 12 status and what they get and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. You get a mile for every single yard that the that the Seahawks throw, throw for. for. That's right. I'm going to get it right <laughs> before the, the end of the season. I'm going <laughs> to get it right before the season's over. Yeah. You sign up for 12 status, everybody. It's free to sign up. I mean, even if you're not – even if you don't have a Delta flight coming up or anything like that, you might as well just go sign up. 12 status in case you ever want to take a delta flight because gino smith and uh and what's the other guy's name drew uh you know whatever his name is no baby gino <laughs> gino, gino okay there you go no love for him yeah um however many yards they throw for you get a mile uh towards your delta sky miles program so make sure you're signed up and it's delta airlines everybody we thank them for their sponsorship. I mean, I'm happy the game is in Seattle, like I've said a thousand times. And also, mostly just because DK, he'll be on home turf. Because, man, the Philly fans, they would be after him and trying to get under his skin like we've seen every team, excuse me, be able to do. Um, uh, Mike, are are you scared of DK? Or are you looking forward to the Eagles secondary trying to get under his skin and, and, and the fight that will ensue? Yeah, DK has been a handful for the Eagles. Everybody, I mean, any secondary, every um, wide receiver has given this secondary. CD has crushed them. Now, CD and DK, a little different styles, but uh, I think CD, uh, excuse me, uh, DK, a handful, just a big physical receiver, and that's just not the style of the Eagles. You know, their philosophy is, like a lot of these, you know, uh, Sean Desai type of defenses, Vic Fangio, it's really from the Fangio, it's, John Gannon ran it here as well. They're going to let you catch the ball. The precipitous is to make the tackle. They have not tackled well. So the fans here who, you know, they grew up with the Buddy Ryan and the Jim Johnson attacking, blitzing style, these guys don't want to blitz at all. And the fans are like, we don't blitz. We don't blitz. We give up so many yards. And it's all predicated on 
we'll give up yards. We just won't give up points. Don't and up if points, you yeah. end up, if you kick a field goal, we've won. So it's at the end win. of the day, they've given up 400 yards, but they give up 17 points. And it's a frustrating style. Last yeah. year, they had 70 sacks. They're not getting the sacks this year. So now quarterbacks are getting the ball. You get a guy like DK Metcalf in space. Who's tackling him? I mean, right. that's the problem. Right. Yeah. By the way, how did A.J. Brown and DK Metcalf play on the same team I, and only win six games? It makes <laughs> no sense. Insane. Um, and, yeah, I was going to actually just you know reference that. We played when um, A.J. was with Tennessee and DK was here, obviously, I think second year, first or second year. But – you know, I, I wanted to watch that matchup of them, you know, who's going to shine brighter. They oh, yeah. both had tough games. I don't know if they were trying too hard to outplay each other, even though they don't even see each other, but just kind of, I, I you know, that's that brotherly rivalry. Sure. Um, and, you know, I'll be interested to see if now, you know, a couple of years later, what happens this well, time. Well, last week, I don't know if you watched the Eagles-Dallas game, but – that was one of the worst performances by the two Eagle wideouts. I mean, Brown and Smith, who are tremendous, by the way. I mean, yeah. Brown had a streak of six straight games with 125 or more yards. He he was unstoppable for a stretch there. But both of them fumbled last week. Hmm. Multiple drops by Smith, who just is as steady Eddie as they come. He never has drops. He had like three drops last week, uh, key drops. Uh, Brown... It seemed that Gilmore had got the better of him, and he let his emotions with Gilmore almost overtake what was going on in that game. I never saw both those guys seem so unfocused. Now, getting Goddard back, he had missed four weeks. He had a broken arm. That should help. He played last week. Uh, He had like four catches for 30 yards, but they really miss him. You know, right now the Eagles' big problem on offense, we're going to what's going on with them. Their run game is non-existent. And a lot of that is hurts. He is just not a part of the run game. This knee problem that he has, they run the RPO, and he is not a part of it. And if he, if the defense doesn't think that he's going to keep the ball, they're blowing plays up in the backfield. So it's just the PO, no yeah, R, no R at all. But, um, yeah, well, you- McCaffrey just went for one forty-five. So uh, yeah, like uh oh, you know our our run defense. We need to definitely step up. Yeah, but in that. Defense in that offense, San Francisco and Dallas, they're play this is an interesting conversation. You know, this is like where the league always spins on its head a little bit. You know, you have all these teams going college spread and everybody copycats. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, Dallas, they're going like 1990s West Coast offense and saying, if you defenses are building that way. We're going to start attacking the middle of the field with some one, two, three, get it out. One, two, three, get it out. And you're seeing teams have problems with that. They have fullbacks. Dallas has a fullback. San Francisco has a fullback. They're running power. They're running sweeps. You don't see Kansas City, Philadelphia, their style of offense. They're not running power football. They're running spread you out. We have more blockers than you have, and we're going to try to beat you. It's a weird dynamic that the league is kind of like in this little changeover, right? We're kind of watching it happen right here. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Lofa. Yeah, Miami too. And I mean, that's because McDaniel's a disciple of Shanahan. He was over there, OC for in 2021. And I felt like I was watching the San Fran offense last week uh, or Monday night when they played the Titans. All that, that, those little quick motions, whether it was um, Achen or Mostert out to the flats, they just draw – same thing they do with McCaffrey, just draw your eyes over there, hit the slant 15 yards. Like a simple slant's going for 15. And so now, yeah, it's it's a lot different game. It's tough to call a defensive game when, when 
each plays averaging eight well, to 15 yards. And those teams, they have great quarterbacks. I mean, but mm-hmm. those teams are saying we have playmakers. Let the playmakers make the plays. One, two, three, let the ball get, get them the, out in space. The Eagles and the Chiefs are both saying our best players, our quarterback, we want them to make the plays. And that, these right. plays are taking so long to develop, and it's it's yeah. a completely different mindset that those old-school offenses seem to be winning right now. And these wide-open college offenses are starting to get figured out by these um, type of defenses that are saying, we'll let you catch the ball yeah. and go up and down the field. You're just not going to score touchdowns. You're not going to throw the ball over the top on us. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm not actually getting nervous, Lofa. I'm getting more and more excited the more I hear you guys talk. I mean, we know this is a huge game. The Seahawks have to have it, let's be honest. They pretty much have to have every game from here till the end of the season, and that starts on Monday night in Seattle. And, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's going to be decided what will the final score be, though. That was a weird segue, but we got to get to our prediction, our score prediction challenge. Everybody, we put it up every week on our social media. You guys blow it up with what you think the final score will be, uh, whether you pick the Seahawks or the Eagles, because Lofa, I don't know if you've noticed, but we got opposing teams fans now jumping into our score prediction, which is fine. It's really it's all good. Just predict the final score. What will the outcome be? If you nail it right on, we send you a gift card from our friends at Simply Seattle, which right now the pot producer, Katie, is up to what? It's got to be 50, 75 bucks, 75. 75 right now. We add $25 every week if someone doesn't win it. So a nice little gift card there from our friends at Simply Seattle. Go to simplyseattle.com. Use the promo code TAKE12 to take 12% off of anything on their site and check our social media for the score prediction challenge. It's at C, uh, no, sorry, at take 12 pod. <laughs> lot to say right there. Um, Mike, you're our guest. Uh, why don't you go first? What will the final score of the game be on Monday night? Man, um, I Philadelphia losing three in a row. It's hard to see. I mean, if we're taking them serious, I know San Francisco lost three in a row earlier this year. They had some injury issues. For Philly to lose three in a row, that has happened for Hurts a couple times. He had won 14 straight games against teams with winning records. I mean, that's how they were mm. rocking and rolling. And then all of a sudden, boom, they lose two straight here. Uh, I do like the game being moved to Monday night. I think the extra day will help Philadelphia out. They have just had a rigorous, rigorous schedule. I do not like playing in Seattle. But I think it's an ugly game, and they find a way. Kind of, uh, I'll go so I can win this gift card. 23-17, I'll go Philadelphia. Okay, Lofa? Yeah, to piggyback off of what he said, I don't see Seattle losing five in a row. That's right, Mike. We've lost four in a row. Wow. And this is uncharted territory for uh, us since Pete Carroll and John Schneider have been at the helm. So – I am going to t- – and this is going to be our eighth straight victory over the Birds. Yes. Sorry, bud. Let's well, go with – There has been a string of things that have been snapped here for the Eagles. <laughs> they had won 14 in a row against winning teams. They've lost seven straight against the Seahawks. That all has to end. Hey, someone's got to win this. You're right. So I'm going with the Seahawks, 26, Eagles, 24. Ooh, all right. Yeah, I give right sign me up for that. Mike, what was the score of that wacky playoff game? There was a funky Seahawks 17 9. 17 9. I'll take that. Give me that. Which That's which also sport. in the regular season we went to Philly and it was 17 to 9. 
Yeah, yes. oh, that's right. I remember that. That's right. Unlike yeah. the forty-two nothing game on Monday night, they played in 05. Oh, oh we're gonna memory. get there. Don't worry. I want to. I want to get to all this <laughs> stuff. So write me down, producer Katie. Seventeen nine this Monday. Thank you to Simply Seattle for their support and, and that fun contest over there. Uh, one more thing from this game that I wanted to get to before the score. I just want to go back for a second. When you guys were talking about DK, obviously he's going against. AJ Brown, and that'll be fun to watch. Do you think DK will have any sign language in this game? And what do you think he'll be saying to AJ Brown from across the sidelines? Have you guys seen this this DK sign language? I'm obsessed with it. Thing that's going on. Uh, producer Katie. Yeah, producer Katie. Producer Katie's a world famous actress. Everybody. She doesn't just that's produce right. our podcast, but producer Katie was on the show Switched at Birth on and I know how to sign, ABC Family. So she's she's really professional cool. signer. Watch DK she played a deaf sign. teenager for how many years on TV? Years. And I've been wanting to bring this up for weeks because it's it's cool. He took the classes really through cool. high school. He, you know, he knows sign language and he talks shit with sign language on the football field. Yeah, it's hilarious. The refs don't know ASL, so they're he's allowed to express himself more freely. <laughs> pretty cool it's pretty cool i mean mike how about it like philly is known for talking and you know being loud but how about sort of talking and being silent <laughs> i like that i mean this is akin to when the uh you know when uh, you see an argument between a baseball player and an umpire but with a player who doesn't speak the language and he's just telling the umpire off you'd love to hear what he's actually saying yeah. to the umpire there but this is another level of it so are you actually picking up what he's saying? Is he saying anything that is inappropriate? Oh, it's real ASL. It's not inappropriate or like illegal for TV or anything like that. He says something about he burned someone like buttered toast or something yeah, in one yeah. of them. It's great. Yeah. It's, now, it's do you really know the genesis of why he knows how to sign? Because he, he took he, it in high school, He took school, the classes, right? but he Class, also yeah. it, so oh, he won't get flagged. Yeah, because I grew up with a guy whose family was all – uh, they were deaf and, and they all signed. And I knew a little tiny, tiny, I mean, I'm going back 30 years now, right. but uh, to watch that conversation is just unbelievable. Like, really the, cool. But the fact that he remembers it is is the cool part. I mean, I don't yeah. remember it. I, I could say <laughs> hi. Meet him one day and be like, what's there you up? Go. Yeah, oh, totally. What's and up, DK? I also just like checking uh, all the algorithms and stuff the next day because people grab it and translate it and tell you what DK was saying. And it's it's a lot of fun. I right? had not heard that this was happening. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty good. He did one after a touchdown the other week, and mm -hmm. yeah, you can mm -hmm. find it out there. So he did one in yeah. Texas there that was go. like something about my business. I missed the the full like thing, but I was I saw it standing on business. Yeah, he was like oh, standing yeah. on my business. Go, it's awesome. He's got it's so cool. Lots cool to, to watch for on Monday night. Um, so okay, on to but now let's go into the past because we kind of started the show there and and I told Mike, you know, before Loaf even jumped on here, we were talking about Loaf's games against Philly and just how the Seahawks have owned Philly lately. I mean, uh, Lofa, first of all, do you remember the game Mike's talking about the Seneca Wallace the the last time the Seahawks lost? Uh, but then also. If you want to regale us with your tales of Monday night dominance. Yeah, I remember I was the only reason we lost is because I wasn't playing, Mike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was out that game and it was something weird too. that whole season. If you go back and look at the ticket stubs we had, it was yeah, 2008. There's like 20 guys went on IR and missed games. There were so many different combinations of starters on that old line and then as well you know Hasselback was out but everybody that was on a ticket stub for the home game 
did not play in that home game. Oh. Walter was on one. He didn't make it. Hasselback was on one. He didn't make it. I was on the Philly stub and I didn't make it to the, I didn't make it into that game. It was wild. <laughs> so it was like the Madden curse for, uh, for us that year was the, the home <laughs> ticket stub curse. But um, yeah, I remember that game. I remember Corin Robinson, like one of the first few plays took one, like 80 to the house uh, on a slant. Um, B doc was all over the field. He was a monster. Um and yeah, they beat us. That was that was a tough one. We well, didn't have too many wins that that year. Well, and Donovan, how about how about a moment for Donovan McNabb? I, one of my favorite players growing up watching him. I mean, you know, just it, oh, like Mike, you brought him up before the show, and I just had I don't know yeah. why I just haven't thought about it in so long, and I just was flooded with all these memories of how great he was to watch. Uh, he was very polarizing, a lot of fun. I was a McNabb fan. I, I went to West Virginia and watched him at Syracuse play a sure, lot. Yeah. When they would play West Virginia, he was amazing there. Uh, his his uh, tenure in Philly got off to a little bit of a rocky start. He got booed mm-hmm. when he was drafted. He didn't get booed. They wanted Ricky Williams, the fans, and like, there was a whole thing to get Ricky Williams, and they took a quarterback – so he had, and McNabb's got an interesting personality. So he didn't handle it really well. He turned out to be a great player. But those teams, by the way, 08, they were just okay. They were like nine, six, and one. Um, and, you know, they were the post 04 Super Bowl team that didn't win the, the TO year when they mm-hmm. went to the Super Bowl. And then after that, they kind of started to unravel a little bit. And, um, you know, but McNabb was always a polarizing guy because. They never gave him any weapons. I mean, he played with T.O. and was, like, unbelievable. But after that, or before and after that, he really just didn't have any weapons to throw. He was throwing to, like, Todd Pinkston and James Thrash and Charles Robinson, uh, Johnson, Charles Johnson. I mean, he just didn't have a whole uh, core. I mean, he could have been numerically a much better quarterback, but he was always a winner. I mean, they won consistently mm-hmm. while he was here. Lofo, you remember playing Donovan? I never did. Three times we faced against, wow. uh, faced off versus the Eagles, 05, uh, 7, and then 8. He was hurt in 05 and 7, and then 8, I was hurt. So we never got to play – I never wow. got to play him or Brady. We were wow. both hurt. Weird. We were both hurt. What? Yeah. Tom Brady was in the league for like 40 years. You never played I him? know. <laughs> wow. Him, him and McNabb. That's wild. Yeah, McNabb had the sports hernia, I think, in uh... – Oh, five. That was the year after the Super Bowl. We had the sport. Yeah. They had that was their team got ravaged by injuries that then the T.O. thing. That was a disaster. Um, and one year towards the end there, they had like it was Andy's last year. They were starting now. Donovan wasn't here anymore, but they were falling. They, they, the whole offensive line got hurt. Uh, it was a mess. And then that's when Andy left. Uh, he ended up going to Kansas City, obviously. Mm. And he's the all time leading winner in Philly and in Kansas City. He's the only yeah. that wow. in both in two towns. What a beast. Legend. And he's hilarious in those commercials. He is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently behind closed doors, he is a, a jokester, but he's, you know, he's not the greatest quote in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, when he comes out to the press conferences. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, injuries. You know, I got to <laughs> do a better job. Yeah. <laughs> you I think that's on purpose, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, now, there's behind closed doors. He's a ham. Oh, he's, Yeah. Oh, you guys! You ever meet the fun. guy who does the Andy Reid impersonations? That that that. No. Oh my gosh! I met him at the Super Bowl last year. He is spot on. He's got the mannerisms. He's got it. It's unbelievable how good that guy is. I know there's a bunch of them, but there's one who like he is like an opera singer. 
and he has studied him and like his moves. Oh, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. Well, Andy Reid, I mean, he's a legend, of course, but he stole everything from Mike Holmgren. He even looks like him. Come on, Al. (laughs) Which is funny because we're talking about West Coast offense. Andy was a West Coast offense guy, and he has kind of matriculated over to this new offense. And now everybody's going back to the West Coast. You're like, you're the guy who was like, that was you. Has direct hand you're that dude. It. <laughs> you guys can find Mike uh, on the Mike Gill show. Also on Believe in Eagles. You guys can tune in to him uh, if you're over there in Philly on 97.3 ESPN. Mike, thank you so much for your time, man. Enjoy the game on Monday. All right, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate you, Mike. Lofa, uh, break us down. Mike, we put our hands in the air uh, post-practice style like the teams. You know, we got to break it down here. Four, is this the fourth quarter? Fourth quarter. <laughs> you can do it, Brett. I've lost the last four games. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I, but, uh, you come up, oh, man, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know here. Um, DK, DK something. D, oh, man. DK over AJ. On three. I don't know if he's gonna go. Hey. That's gonna fly with Mike. How about just beat Philly. How about beat Philly? I mean, believe always works. The rookies matchup. The rookies matchup. We just talked. Oh no, 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 no. I Let's mean, believe family always works. Family. We're all part of the believe family. Believe. believe. One, two, three. Believe. Beat believe. <laughs> That's it for us. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Later, Mike. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.